Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 214 of your favorite podcast, the Cordai Podcast. I'm Rochelle Samhain alongside my co-host Brandon Long, and today we are going to teach you how to set up optimal glute training. We are going to cover the anatomy. We are going to cover the functioning. We are going to cover the ins and outs and everything in between of your glute training. This is going to be a very helpful podcast. As always, Gordai Podcast brought to you by Revise So Much, brought to you by Raw So Much. Use code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. Share us with your friends, especially this episode, because we are going to be growing some peaches after this one. Get ready. Have your <laughs> notebooks ready. I'll see you inside. You guys, you guys, you guys, it has been a minute. I've been, I'm not sure if you've seen on um, on Instagram, I, I don't post many selfies, but I posted some selfies from our little mirror in that entryway, and you see like the blue tape and stuff going on in the background. The office has been going on uh, just under some upgrades, if you will, uh, so we've been a little MIA, but we have a killer podcast. We always have a fucking killer podcast for you guys, but first, <laughs> but first, we got to talk about, dude. You know, from the day I was born, I've been this massive Tampa Bay Lightning fan. <laughs> Dude, how did I know you're about to say that? How did I know you're about to say I, I'm a big Bolts guy? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm the biggest Bolts guy. Um, no, when I when I was born, um, there was a my my parents had a hockey jersey. Let him know where. Sort of. Remind him where um, where you were born. Um, I can't remember right now. Um, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big, big Tampa Bay contingency in Springfield, yeah. Ohio. A lot, a lot of, of translation there. A lot of Tampa Bayans actually moved to Springfield, <laughs> Ohio, um, to become Springfieldians. Um, no, so, no. Yeah, so I was born. <laughs> And my parents had this, you know, mini little hockey, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning hockey jersey for me. And that's really when it all started. So I just want to give a shout out to my hometown boys. Um, you know, been following for 29 years. We've gone back to back and now we're going for the third straight. Almost 30 years. Wow. Yeah, almost 30 fucking years. Almost uh, 30 years. Do you remember ass. what the name? No, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> think they were. I didn't think the NHL was around when I was born. <laughs> oh, it definitely was. Oh, it definitely fucking, was. 30 goddamn fucking years ago. Wayne Gretzky was fucking slaying that thing back then. Now, homie, I'm almost a third of the way to 100. So when you talk about wisdom, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half season to age, 60. <laughs> age is not a direct correlation to wisdom. I'm so smart. <laughs> but, yeah, but now that I'm approaching 30, I'm going to start using that. Like all the old guys do okay. now. I'd be like, well, you know, mm -hmm. Brandon, you're, you know, you're only fucking 25. You're only 26, but I'd be 26. You're only 26. So I'm mm -hmm. superior to you. I need to make you feel inferior. Dude, you're, you're so close to being that older dude in the gym walking around saying, I used to look like you when I was younger. <laughs> you're so, I, <laughs> I, I, I actually, I used to look like C-Bum. Um, you know, <laughs> back in my day, we had like the, we had the haircut and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You were real, you're going to be like, Oh yeah. I remember I was pushing that weight when I was your yeah. real close to those words. Yeah. Hey, but listen, you see, I, 
I got video proof of some of this stuff, but I'm definitely going to exacerbate my claims. Like, oh, dude, yeah, I used to squat 715 for three. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell people. I'm just going to fucking for an tell easy them. triple. Yeah, an easy triple. For an no, easy I'll, triple. I'll like show them a video of me doing like six plates for like five or six, so they like somewhat believe it. And I, oh, there's yeah, no yeah, video I, of that. Oh my god, six forty five for no five on my Instagram. We can scroll through right now, live and direct here on the Grower Die podcast. We can show the people. Knees, I used to be knees cave it, knees cave in, <laughs> load on the load on the lower back. Now, terrible hey, engagement. Hey, I will say, terrible engagement. Correct. Terrible engagement. <laughs> uh, uh, knees knees caving. No, but low backs. Yeah, it, it was definitely a low bar squat, which is a massive cheat code to achieving bigger numbers, but. The total poundage was still 645, and the total amount of reps moved was still five. So right now, Max, what do you think you can? We could. What do you think you can do for a five piece right now, Max? For a five piece, um, do I? So so I have to go in the gym right now and do it, or do I get a month to train for it? No, right now, right now, next leg day. I'll smash a. I'll smash a 515 for five. It's not gonna be anything impressive, but it's gonna be like, all right, like that's okay. Yeah, it's it, that's how it's gonna be. It's gonna be all right. That's cool. Mm, mm, um, yeah. That's it's, but it's, your your mechanics are gonna be de- definitely a lot better than that six forty. Way 645. better. But dude, yesterday I smacked uh, seven plates per side on that arsenal hack for for a solid seven piece. On oh two, yeah, on back to back sets. I was real happy with that. The training's coming up a lot yeah. um, since Good. you know we started back. I'm up almost twenty pounds, dude. You look good. 263 this morning. I'm trying to fucking catch it's up all to in the you. Beard. I fucking saw you and you were looking all fucking dense and shit. And I was like, dude, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, look, he's like catching up. I need to start bodybuilding again. <laughs> so I, I like, I like hit the NOS. I hit the nitro. I'm not ready for you to be bigger than me yet. Maybe when, when, no. when I'm like 35. Am I bigger than you were when you were 25? You're way better than I was. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> wait, yeah, uh, wait, 25. That's when I won my first overall, right? Was I 25? No, I was 26. I was 26. Here, income, incoming. Yeah, dude, here you come. Kuklo Classic next year. We're fucking winning it, dude. Mm-hmm. Call my shot. Show up. Whoever Let's do wants it. To, Brandon's going to win the Kuklo Classic, and then we're fucking doing USAs. Just wait. Put them in. Everybody sign up. Everyone Let, sign make sure up. you guys use... Uh, S. Dunning Cosmetics for makeup. When you guys show up. <laughs> hey, the plug. I love to see it. I love to see it. Make sure to hire me as your prep coach. <laughs> Use code nothing at checkout. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's talk about setting up glute training um, and functioning. I think this is going to be a very helpful podcast. My view on training, and this is all body parts, but um, you know, glute, glute training gets so much glorification. And, and I think overcomplication and my goal here is just to kind of simmer that down a bit so the number one item of training is dude what the fuck are you feeling like if you're doing a high bar barbell back squat no it doesn't make a ton of sense it's going to be very glute focused but dude if for some reason from the bottom of that movement you just fire through your glutes up to the top then why not use that you know as a, a, a heavy glute bias uh, contraction focused bias movement. Like why not? I think we put mm. ourselves in so many cages and, and we minimize ourselves and what we're able to, to believe or function or operate because we do, um, well, you know, uh, Brett Contreras said this or hypertrophy coach Joe said that or whoever, um, you know, said whatever. So that's what I have to do. 
and understand like these people, dude, they're all very well versed, incredibly intelligent individuals. They've really like helped the bodybuilding community and the fitness community a ton through their work. But these people aren't telling you, you know, one size fits all. And if they are, right. to, to be honest, I don't follow much of Contreras' stuff. Um, I know Hypertrophy Joe does not. He is very open-minded. He's very adaptable, very flexible in his approach. Um, mm -hmm. But if anyone's telling you like this one size fits all monomenor of what the fuck you're supposed to do with your training, it's wrong. Right. Because this, this mm -hmm. is not how things work. Now, there are some substrates that I want to list out here for you guys to optimize glute training. Um, you know, number one is going to be a, a, you want your spine to always be neutral. Um, you know, the glutes, yep. the glutes assist heavily in like the, the trunk rotation and the, st the stabilization of that. The, the greatest way we have stabilization of the trunk is with a neutral spine. So this isn't an arch spine. This is not a curve. Right. This means from your tailbone to the bottom of your neck, it's a straight line. Majority yep. of our training, I mean, almost all of our training except direct pec work and shoulder presses should have spine neutrality. And then direct pec work in the shoulder presses, we we just retract our scapula down, expand our rib cage out, just to simply save the shoulder joint. As your shoulder joint is a remarkably active joint, and it's one that you can very easily mess the integrity of it up based on improper training mechanics, right? So right, those right. are the only movements, that, or or um, a, an upper back focus pull down. We would like to have a little arch. Um, but man, I mean, almost everything else, you just, you can really say a neutral spine is going to be best. So point A is your tailbone, point B is the bottom of your neck. We should, more often than not, we should have a straight line there during our training. Okay? Yeah, keep your head straight. Don't don't be yeah. looking up. That, and, and, that, that, and looking a lot around. of the times when you're, when you're, yeah, exactly. A lot of times when you're looking up, when you're doing something, you're creating that arch mm -hmm. like on accident, not even, not even realizing what you're doing. Keep your head straight. Yep. If it's a Bulgarian... Um, you know, whatever you're doing, like any sort of lunge, keep your head straight the whole entire time. Focus yeah. on one thing and look at it the entire set. Yeah. Don't be looking up, looking, at, looking around, like, cause you're moving your spine. Yeah. It's directly, it's connected to your, your spine. So you're going to be moving your spine and we want to keep it as neutral as possible. Like you said, I think that's the, the easiest cue to think about and to target for keeping spine neutral is we should have, we should have a straight head or a very slightly tucked chin for some people, but like mm -hmm. this means when you're doing like bent over work, like dumbbell bent over rows, you should not be looking in the mirror. You should be looking down at the ground. Like, Oh no, dude, that's terrible for your spine. Awful. It's so bad for your yeah. spine. Mm -hmm. You look down at the ground. You just have your, your, where, how your head sits naturally and every movement you do, that's how, where it should be. But yeah, exactly. Just a comfortable, like if you were just going to, you grab the dumbbells and wherever your head is sitting right there, yeah, that's, that's where it's most comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Right there and go. The second that you like, lock in, look up, and then make it all tight, your spine, all you're going to notice that arch start to come. And then exactly. you're going to have a lot of load in your lower back, and you're yep. starting to not feel it where you're supposed to. Yep, your lumbar is going to get loaded rather than, mm -hmm. you know, lats or glutes or whatever it is that you're biasing. Yep. So spine neutrality is going to be number one here for me. Number two here for me is when we are biasing glutes, you want your ankle to need to be in a vertical alignment. Sometimes, for some people the knee can travel in a path backwards behind the ankle very slightly. I'm not talking inches and inches behind, but 
you know, within a couple inches of a track behind that ankle, that is okay for your shins to move in if that's what it takes. Like on an RDL, right? On a hip extension, if you need mm -hmm. to drive your knees back behind your ankles to most optimally engage your glutes, that is okay. But the optimal setup is going to be shins vertical. So ankle to knee is in a vertical alignment. So when you are taking training videos and you are doing glute focused stuff, the first two things you look for is number one, a neutral spine. And number two is going to be shins completely vertical. Okay. Yep. Now from here, where are we loading? So I'll go through some of my favorite glute muscles and then I'm going to talk about the function and the anatomy of them. Some of my favorite glute movements, sorry. Barbell RDL, A++. Yep. A++ mm -hmm. might be the best. Uh, yeah. Bulgarian split squat can be absolutely phenomenal, or a front foot elevated split squat can be absolutely phenomenal. I like them. I like the front foot elevated split squat a lot uh, just because it gives us greater range of motion. Like We put that front foot on like a two-inch platform, and the back foot's obviously on the ground. Um, but you know, the biggest thing we want to focus on with split squats is that back leg can't do anything. So like if you're doing a Bulgarian split squat, you want to put the top of your foot down on the bench, not your toe. Mm -hmm. Obviously mm -hmm. in a front foot elevated split squat, your toe is going to be down, but you're going to lean into that front foot so much that that back toe can basically just lift up and, and be moved very easily by someone. Like if they right. grabbed it and moved mm -hmm. it, it would be very easy. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. I love hip thrust. I think glute kickbacks are good. I don't love them. I think they're great if we're chasing like a pump. I know it's very cringeworthy. And accessory we'll work. Talk about that is very much so accessory work. It's burnout work. Really good burnout work. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You're not going to overload um, on that. Smith machine squats with a high bar focus and feet in front of your body so that you can keep that shin completely vertical. Those are phenomenal. I know a lot of people don't like sumo deadlifts and the practicality of sumo deadlifts is, yeah, you know, you definitely miss out on some ranges of motion, but why not just load the sumo deadlifts up with 25 pound plates so you have more range of motion than what you can get with 45 pound plates. And now you can work through a very, very big gluteal stretch, uh, loaded stretch. Mm -hmm. And you can also work through, you know, a rather large contraction of that glue. Um, but again, mm -hmm. we have to have spine neutrality. Um, we want to have shoulders protracted on anything that we're front loading with glutes. The shoulders need to be protracted this way. Your lats are more out of the equation. Your upper back's more out of the equation. And all that can work is, well, what's your anti-gravity muscle? It's your glute. So mm -hmm. if we're not getting stabilization from those really strong back muscles, your glute has to act to stabilize that load from front to back. You're front loading, so the load is antagonist of where the glute is. And we know whenever we mm -hmm. have that setup that we're going to have a pretty solid stimulus that's able to go to that glute. So when people say sumo delis aren't a great movement, I don't personally agree with that. I do have my wellness and bikini girls doing elements of sumo deadlifts. One of my favorite movements I have them do is a hip extension into a sumo deadlift. So it's like a 60, 70% RDL. And then we drop into a sumo deadlift. I love elevating the toes on glute focus stuff just so we're not gripping the floor with the toes. When you grip the floor, you have a propensity to drive those knees forward over the ankles, but you also, and then, and then you're getting quads. So if you're someone who like you're doing stuff that should be felt in your posterior chain, but you feel it in the anterior chain, that's going to be your quads uh, for the lower portion mm -hmm. of your body. You're likely gripping the floor 
and when and we don't we don't want that. So I like elevating toes on things to just take it completely out of the equation, drive everything back into your midfoot and your heels, and that's going to allow us to have that greater alignment from knee to ankle and get greater glute bias. So right. I, I love barbell RDLs. I love hip thrusts. I love the split squat variations. Um, I like a leg press because in a leg press, you can get that glute under a full stretch. And from there, if you set a nice little pause into it, and then all you focus on is glute initiation. So from the bottom, you focus on bundling up your glute. It's fully stretched from the bottom of that movement. And you focus on bundling up your glute and you flex that glute as hard as you can and drive the load out through that and understand this is going to be very light. You yeah, that's not, what I say. Don't. It's a tiny amount of weight. Yeah, exactly. The second it becomes too much, you're gonna you're gonna recruit every other muscle yep. in your leg to move that load. So how I how I view training, this is an overall training note. Um, um, we were talking about dumbbell chest presses. Brandon hit 150s for 11 yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. It's a massive fucking hit. So we're yeah, doing PR, chest baby. presses, right? Big time fucking PR, huh? We're hitting mm -hmm. some chest presses, right? From the bottom of this movement, when I get set up, what my first goal is, is just balling that pec up as much as possible. So I don't want to focus on pushing through my hands and my hands driving through the dumbbell. I want to focus on from the bottom. I want to flex my pecs and move the load through that flex and keep it all the way up to a full extension at the full extension pause. And then now we're stretching that flex back out. Like I'm still actively initiating from that pec when I'm driving, right. but most people get down and they just grip the fuck out of the dumbbells and they press through their hands and we're not going right. to get much. We're going to get a lot of um, radialis. We're going to get a lot of anterior delt. We're going to get a lot of tricep. We'll get a little bit of chest, but just because your humerus is driving towards the midline of the body, that doesn't mean that the initiation is all chest focused. We, right. we want it to be chest focused, obviously, right? That initiation is so important, like you said, for the glute training too. And it's that. the glutes, the lats, and the pecs, I would say it's like the hardest to nail. And so, mm -hmm. so I gave you one for the packs. I'll give you one for the lats. So on a lat, if you sit down, you're doing a cable, a cable row. I think cables are so awesome for arms and back. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're doing a cable row, you have your neutral grip right around shoulder width, maybe a tad bit wider. I don't want, I want you focusing on how loose can I grip this handle? And then with that grip, that grip is there to maintain, not to operate. And with that grip, I'm now flexing my lats and I'm driving my elbows back through that flex. I'm not mm -hmm. gripping and pulling anything with my hands. The pulling is happening through the elbow drive through that lat. And when we nail right. that, man, when you hit it right the first time, oh fuck, dude, that shit feels yep. different. You'll know, you'll know. And then you'll and then you apply that to every every lap focus thing you do. And with the glutes, it's mm -hmm. like I just talked about on a I, I like initiating a ton on a hip thrust or on an RDL. So I'll cover both of them real fast. On an RDL, you, you're pulling from the floor. Right, we're not pulling it off the rack and stepping back and starting. We're pulling this from the floor, so you get in your position, ankle to, to knee vertically aligned. We have our hips set tall and high. We have our spine neutral. We have our shoulders protracted. We grab the bar, and from here we keep everything the same. You are literally just flexing your glutes and then tucking them underneath your spine as you pull up. 
That's all you're doing. Mm -hmm. Now we already right. nailed rep one. And now that whole time, now you're at the top of the movement. You keep those glutes tight. And as you stretch down to the floor, you keep flexing those glutes. You stay on those glutes the entire time. And you move mm -hmm. at a pace that is slow enough for you to stay on the glute, but obviously fast enough to be able to like work through optimal ranges of motion with an optimal load. That's enough to force some sort of adaptation, right? So like I like two or three second yeah. eccentrics. A lot. I find two or three second eccentrics. If you're going faster or slower than that, then you're not biasing. Yeah. You're, there's a lot of stabilization happening if you're slower than that. And there's just a lot of momentum happening if you're faster than that. Um, yeah. And if you're taking too much time at the top as well, I see a lot of people overextend yep. and they take that load off of the glutes. And now we're restarting again. And it's very hard to mimic, get rep one to look like rep two or yep. rep two to look like rep one and three and so on after you continuously take rest at the top yep. and you overextend, push the hips all the way through, it's going to be really hard to get back into that foundation. Yeah. As soon as that's a great point, because as soon as that tailbone goes underneath the rest of your spine, you're losing all glue. I'm really tired mm -hmm. of seeing people. Luckily I don't have like athletes coming to me doing it anymore. Cause I've ripped on it for years, but I'm so tired of seeing people tuck their fucking hips under their spine when they're training, acting like that's hitting glutes. That's taking glutes completely out of the movement. And it's putting your spine in yep. an extremely yep. compromised state. It's a dangerous mm -hmm. place to work from. Yeah, um, exactly. And like people do it with like squats. People do it with like spine loaded stuff. I'm like, Holy fuck, dude, your chiropractor yeah. loves you because you need that person every day. Like mm -hmm. it's bad for you. So yeah, exactly. Keep your hips somewhat extended. Understand mm -hmm. extension of the hip joint is one of the main functions of the glute. And so if we keep the extension in place when we're operating throughout our training, then you're, you're already setting yourself up for the optimal bias, right? Mm -hmm. Um, on a hip thrust, there's hip hip extension elements to this as well, obviously. Um, but from the top, when we take that hip thrust up to the top, we need to have ankles and knees in perfect alignment, period, right? We should fight. During the eccentric, your knees are obviously going to travel back a, a good bit on the path. We should fight extremely hard to keep that vertical alignment in place, and if you nail your setup, you will be able to have vertical alignment in place from the bottom of that movement as well. So oftentimes mm -hmm. when you descend on a hip thrust, you bring the weight back to you. What I want you to do on right. the descent is I want you to push the weight away from you. When you push that weight yep. away from you, you're forcing your glutes to stabilize harder because when you pull it into you, you're allowing lumbar, you're allowing abdominals, um, you're allowing your shoulder set up, your trap, uh, I mean, um, set up to, to stabilize some of that load. When you push it away from you, those things aren't in a bias setup position. So mm -hmm. you push it away from you, you are setting your glutes up to be, again, the anti-gravity muscle, which is what they do literally best. And then you thrust up from the bottom, you're going to find there's a much easier contraction because your shins are vertically aligned from the bottom. Mm -hmm. Your glute right. is the, is the heavily biased muscle from the anti-gravity component. And now you just push up. You think about squeezing those glutes, you push up, pull them together and you're going to get a massive bias. Then you pause it at the top for a one count. And then you start that slow eccentric back down. If your goal should be actively flexing the muscle that you are working throughout the entire time you are working it. And if you can't achieve that, we should be very late in the set. 
Um, and when we're late in the set, it's like what I tell my athletes, as soon as we get under a 70% bias, that's kind of failure. Right. Yeah. Like, mechanical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mechanical yeah. failure. And like with yeah. hip thrust, you can very easily start using some quad and a ton of hamstring and some lumbar and you can be humping the weight up. Like it's very yep. possible. Um, so like with glute training, with lat training, with pec training, having momentum is a very bad thing. It's you're, you're, you're killing it with the momentum. Having momentum is a very bad thing. And then, um, uh, Oh shit! What was the second point that I just made? When you when you when you drive up through the through the uh, when you're driving the load up uh, again, one of the biggest things that I see in a lot of athletes are they have their head back up against that pad, oh, yeah. which is that pad is not there for your head to rest on. No. It's for lo- taller people, yeah. for larger with with larger torsos. Yeah, you're not supposed to have your 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 head cranked back. That's essentially having your spine. You'll have that arch in your back. You want to keep that spine. Exactly. You want to keep the spine flat against that pad the entire time. Again, tuck your chin a little bit so that we can achieve that. You'll probably feel a lot more glue as soon as you do that. And if you're not feeling it in your warm up sets, you're not feeling the engagement and the activation that you're looking for uh, in your top sets or your working sets. We need to re- reevaluate our, our warm-up sets. I agree with that completely. And in and, and your warm-up sets is where that initiation should start. But you're set up. You need to handle your warm-up sets the way you handle your work sets. I've done a YouTube on mm-hmm. this before. I think yep. it's very important to... Um, you know, so that you can get the proper initiation, you can get the proper nervous system signal, you can get the proper feel. Like, it doesn't matter how good you are at training. Those work sets are very, 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 very important to you. Um, yep. I want to cover the function real quick of the three main glute muscles, the three or the three glute muscles, because there's some things that we can learn from in here. So um, the gluteus maximus, I have this pulled up right now. The gluteus maximus function, extension, external rotation, abduction, and adduction of the thigh. All right. Gluteus medius function, abduction, internal rotation of the thigh, pelvis stabilization. All right. Gluteus minimus function, abduction, internal rotation of the thigh, pelvis stabilization. Okay. So medius and minimus both have pelvis stabilization there. So this is pretty straightforward. Um, Like when you're doing an RDL or when you're doing a barbell squat or a Smith squat, or you're doing anything that requires your, or that, that could pull your pelvic region out of stabilization. um, Your glutes are going to be biased there. Right. So a, um, like a front foot elevated is like single leg stuff is phenomenal for the medius and minimus because you are actively pulling your pelvis out of a stable place and you're forcing it to be unstable. And now the only thing that can really compromise that or that, that can offset that is the glute. Your hamstring can't mm-hmm. offset that. Your right. glute has to offset that. So single leg work is great. Um, RDLs are pretty good for it. Like I said, the squats are pretty good for it because you could very easily lose pelvic stabilization in those two items as well. Um, but the single leg stuff, the glute kickbacks are pretty good for it as well. Um, just because, again, when you're in a glute kickback position, one side is working. The pelvic region really wants to stay stable. It's a massive homeostatic feedback loop to the body for it being stable. And so your glute has to contract very hard to make that happen. Um, mm-hmm. Abduction this is why when our, our optimal setup from the ground up is our toes should be pointed in the direction of our knees and our knees should be abducted. So our toes should be pointed out maybe 25 
maybe 30 degrees, wherever you're comfortable with, your knees are going to follow that suit. But we always want to have knees and toes aligned. It doesn't matter if you're doing quad work, glute work, ham work, anything. We want toes and knees pointing in the exact same direction. So if you record yourself doing an RDL from the frontal view or a back view, a straight back behind you view, you will see if your knees and toes are in perfect alignment, you are having a very smooth movement. If they are not, you're going to see it looks funky and it needs to be mm -hmm. fixed. Your knees are essentially fighting against your toes. And yeah. now you're forcing your body to like overcompensate for things. That's a dangerous place to work from as well. It's, it looks so uncomfortable too. It it's, does. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's not any position that you want to move any load. I don't give a fuck how much weight you have. Even standing up from that position just looks really uncomfortable. It does. And if it feels uncomfortable, if it feels uncomfortable, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah, you're probably doing it wrong. I agree completely with that. I think it's 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 hard. It's like, man, you see it at the gym, but it's like, well, I don't want to be a dick and like call this out. And like it's not that I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to call it out. I'm just trying to fucking help this person. It's a really awkward place to be, but this shit happens a ton. Absolutely. And then you have running Absolutely. shoes on top of that. You got like running shoes on, knees and toes out of alignment. Oh my god, oh, it's awful. Spine no, arch. Actually I'm like, fuck. Dude. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny you say that because when somebody's training legs, that's the first thing I look at is their shoes. shoes. Same, and that's how I how I know if they're taking their leg training serious. Exactly, hundred percent. Like if you're if you're wearing that that heel elevated, any sort of shoe with your heel elevated, you're not taking your leg training serious. I agree. Or or a running shoe. They're, if if you're not wearing a yeah. flat sole shoe, I definitely judge the way you train legs. Or no shoe. Or no shoe. Like yeah. I. The people that walk around in the nobles and no shoes, I'm like, okay, they're fucking training legs. Yeah, yeah, they're getting like the I fuck know after are. it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the abduction here is massive. Understand the abduction starts at your hip. So when we push our knees out, when we drive our knees out, we open our, our knees up, abduction is moving away from the center of your body. So it's, it's uh, how I remembered it in school was ab is the opposite of your abs. So abduction goes away from your abs and then add goes towards your abs. Adduction goes towards your abs. Mm -hmm. So you abduct everything you said, then you're setting yourself up everything, meaning your toes, your ankles, your knees, your hips, you're abducting everything. I mean, fuck dude, you're setting yourself up for a phenomenal at, at that point. The only two things you really got to remember is, you know, number one, spine neutrality and number two, shoulder protract. Um, yep. and you're really setting yourself up in a great glute bias. Um, mm -hmm. so, Understand the abduction is listed for all three, the gluteus maximus, the gluteus minimus, and uh, the gluteus medius. Gluteus maximus, external rotation, that's another big deal. So things like um, extreme abduction, dude, there's this thing called the uh, gluteator. The house of gains had one, and factory has one, where the girls like sit down, they start abducting, and it pushes out and away, not oh, just yep, out. Yep, yep, yep. And it pushes away yeah. from them. Oh my God, it is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know who actually much. had me had me do that for the first time in my entire life yeah. was when I trained with Fortune, Gabby. Yeah, no um, shit. She had me. Yeah, we did that. I've never and done it. I was dying. It was it was really? rough. It was a good one. It was real rough. Oh yeah, it was rough. No shit. Yeah, I didn't, I never experienced I never experienced any sort of engagement like that. Even wow. like honestly, in my glutes. Period. Damn. Period. I might have to try. It was that so it was such a new stimulus for me that I my body was like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
Uh, interesting. I might try it today between push sets because we smashed legs yesterday. My glutes aren't too sore though. I need. I think they need a little more, so I might touch up on them today with that. I'll fucking I'll, I'll, <laughs> touch I'll, up on them. Yeah, might touch <laughs> up on them. You know, give them a little, give them a little loving. Um, but yeah, I understand with the gluteus maximus extension. That's extension of the hip. Extension is a huge one. So RDLs, kind of like by textbook, RDLs are already one of the best. I mean, in an RDL, you get extension. You get pelvis stabilization, you get abduction, you get some external rotation as well. I mean, an, an, an RDL covers almost all of this. Uh, Mike, that's a very, very powerful and strong movement for glutes, and it's one that's really mm-hmm. overrated. But again, when we're doing RDL, it has to stay initiated by the glute. I really can't drive this home enough. It can't be all over the place. It can't just be moving load through space. It has to be a massive glute initiation. So how I like setting up my glute training is all obviously, you know, I'll I'll start with some compound lifts. Um, but my girls who really need to smash glutes, we're going to hit them three, four times a week. We just are, we're going to hit them hard once or twice. If, if we can recover two times, if you're an enhanced individual, which most of my people are, we're going to hit them two really hard times and then we're going to touch them as much as we possibly can outside of that. So I'm going to ask you what, mm-hmm. what exercises do you feel best in your glutes when, when, when you're at this level of athlete with me, when I have like some trust for you, like what exercise do you feel best in your glutes? All right, let's throw these in every single day. And every training day, you're going to do these. And, you know, if you're training four or five days a week, then you're going to hit them four or five days a week, right? Mm-hmm. I think a glute is a very dense muscle. It's a very powerful muscle. It's a very important muscle. It, at almost everything you do through your day-to-day life, there's some sort of glute stabilization as long as you're upright. Um, so it's mm-hmm. highly worked. So we need to give it tons of volume in order to grow. Tons of effort volume, not not volume in front of in, in terms of like sets or reps. Tons of effort volume. Um, how mm-hmm. much effort can you give them a week that you can still recover from? So I'll set it up and on the glute focus days, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a hinge, a hip hinge, like a, um, RDL. There's going to be some extension focus, like a, um, uh, hip thrust. There's going to be, um, some sort of split squat to get that pe- pelvic stabilization in there. So a Bulgarian or a front foot, front foot elevated split squat, Depending on who you are and your levers and mechanics and how much I trust your training, there might be a well brief intermission. My computer died during live recording. It was, it was plugged in. Don't worry. It was plugged into the electrical outlet and it was plugged into the computer, but I have this little safe surge outlets that you have to press the button to make it active. It's way too high tech for me. And I guess I didn't press the button. I was expecting when the metal prongs went into the wall, into the electrical socket that, electricity would be generated but anyways um so i'm gonna hop back oh, into oh, where it was <laughs> oh electricity what it do be generating <laughs> i'm gonna hop in back into where i think i was but when i'm setting up the training there's 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 you know we're gonna hit it as much as possible there's gonna be an extension there's gonna be a single leg stuff for the pelvic stabilization everything's gonna have an abduction focus um we were talking about the gluteator um, I think the gluteator machine, yep. which has like, it has like an extension element. It has a large abduction element and it has a very slight pelvic stabilization element. I think that's phenomenal for glutes. Now kickbacks is the last thing that I wanted to touch on real quick here. Kickbacks are an interesting one for me. So I like with, with the kickbacks, I use them for one specific reason. I want to target that upper outer glute. 
All right, the one that really makes the glute look bubbly and have that dense shape and appearance. When I'm so when when I have my girls doing kickbacks, I have them setting things up in a position of, hey, where are we able to get that upper outer glute most stimulated? And wherever we are from that, then that's where I want you set up to be. Whether we're leaning into, I, I have girls doing it on an incline bench they bring an incline bench over the you know working leg um is obviously off and they're leaning into the incline bench with this you know stable um spine all that stuff maybe like a 30 degree angle or so and they're kicking back from there um i have uh people lean into lean into the cable um pulley system a bit more than than normal maybe in almost a, a parallel angle from their torso to the floor doing kickbacks all some people just stand upright and do them it's like where do you feel it most in that upper outer glute and that's where we that's what i use kickbacks for and where i use kickbacks mm-hmm. to target um right so I think this I think this was a decently fucking helpful podcast overall. I mean, we broke yep. things down in about thirty minutes. Do you have anything more that you think that we missed or that you want to add or um, any point to I don't that? have anything that, that we missed necessarily, but I just want to kind of drive this home as much as possible is the setup is going to be the foundation of your movement and the foundation of your setup is going to be a hundred percent what you're going to bias. Yeah. So so focus on that. Make sure that it's set up to bias the glutes make sure you're taking those those feeder those warm-up sets serious if you're not feeling the engagement with none to little to no weight you're not going to feel it on top or working sets i agree so focus on focus on that and, and keeping the spine neutral don't don't be looking around don't have your head up no matter what you're trying to do and you're gonna your glute engagement is going to improve a ton if you just nail the setup on every lift, then the bias is so much fucking easier. It really is. So pay attention. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you feeling? Don't just move load. Pay attention with every rep. What are you feeling? What am I doing? And when you switch to that point, your training really goes to another level. So as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We apologize for the delay while my home was undergoing some work. It's way fucking cooler now, though. Uh, and we will see <laughs> you again next week after Junior Nationals. Those of you who will be in Chattanooga, make sure me and Brandon will both be there. Make sure to stop us, chat with us, grab a picture, whatever the fuck you want. Um, we would obviously love that, and we love meeting you guys a ton. We appreciate the support. We'll see you next time.